This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer. A free-for-all Friday. You're asking to hear something I don't want to say. But if I do say it, I think you ought to hear it. You got anything on your chest besides your chin, you better get it off. All right, then you asked for it. Yes, we did. So lay it on us. Free-for-all Friday means you set the tone. Here is Libby Snymer. Good afternoon and welcome to this free-for-all Friday. And as always, there's a lot to talk about now, starting with the most recent. Uh, and that is the latest modeling numbers from the federal government, from Theresa Tam. And uh, she says we're in danger of a resurgence. Well, we are in a resurgence. Their numbers show increases of 30% in cases, uh, guesstimates, in my opinion, because we're not really doing a lot of testing. Uh, there's positivity rates as early as the beginning of this week. Our experts were saying we're in the sixth wave. Peter Uni says he thinks there are about 30 to 35,000 new cases every day here in Ontario. So my question is, uh, are you going to ramp up a bit? I, I have to say that I kind of eased up a bit. I'm going to blame it on the Americans. As I've told people here, I was in Palm Springs for about eight days. Everything was totally relaxed there. So uh, I was kind of out of the habit. I, I would find myself without a mask, even if I sort of intended to wear one. But now I'm putting it back on and the, the two things. So I was having a conversation uh, yesterday with some colleagues uh, that work from home most of the time. And everybody in the conversation said that they had recently had COVID and they just didn't tell us and it wasn't relevant because they were already at home. So I thought that was interesting. And then somebody that I was supposed to meet in person canceled an hour before saying, hey, I just tested positive. So it is totally out there. And I want to hear from people if you are changing or becoming more vigilant or anything like that. Big news, obviously, is that apology from the Pope. I really like the fact that he didn't wait for the totally scripted apology when he comes here. He showed that he was moved by the testimony of the indigenous delegations who were in the Vatican, and he issued this apology, and I think it was very meaningful for them. And I know that we have listeners who are Indigenous, and I would love to hear from you about what you think of it and if it is meaningful for you, and also what you think of the fact that, yes, finally, he's agreed he's coming to Canada, not in the winter, uh, to um, do this very, very officially. So there is that. Um, there's that, wow, that incredibly wild collision uh, near the lakeshore. Terrible. Three people killed. Uh, just, I, I don't need no words, as they say. And that is where we begin. Let me just give the numbers out again. 416-360-0740, toll-free 
888-346-9144-888-346-9144. And let's begin with Ron in Guelph. Hi, Ron. Hi, Libby. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I wish you was, it was a happier call, but um, I've been a professional bus driver for 50 years. And if I can offer some insight on, um, you know, preventing these kind of things, there's a number of things that people can do, I, whether you're defensive driving, defensive walking. Um, and I, I just, that, that shocked me last night that two pedestrians were killed. The driver of the vehicle that ran the red light um, was also killed. Um, but there's a, an old axiom, and it, I, I've used that one. It's the Boy Scout model, which I don't know whether you know what that is or not. It's called Be Prepared. And um, don't ever assume that Ron from Guelph or, or Libby from um, Zoomer Media is ever going to do the right thing on the road. You have to assume that they might make a mistake. You know, I I, I don't think we can assume that this uh, it w- that this could have been avoided because he had a minor collision right before. He was treated by paramedics, but he didn't wait for the cops to come. He got back in his car. This is a guy whose license was suspended for both medical and criminal reasons. And uh, the, the press release from the police didn't say what the criminal reasons are. It looks like he was having some kind of seizure. So my question is only... His license was suspended, very suspended. So I don't know how we can better enforce these things. But uh, again, I I don't know if more defensive walking would have saved those two pedestrians because he clearly had another me- medical episode. The only the only point I'm trying to make is that um, even if you're walking, um, and I tell people. Don't ever go into an intersection unless all the vehicles have stopped. That would be a, a, the most logical thing to say. If you're not sure whether a vehicle is going to stop or not, don't assume that it will. Uh, we see the same thing with vehicles uh, hitting people on a right-hand turn, and people will just say, well, he's going to stop anyway because the light is red. Well, um, and don't ever assume that somebody is going to do the right thing. But sometimes they can come right out of nowhere because he apparently hit a flatbed truck and spun out. And uh, I mean, I just don't think that we can assume that that being more defensive would have worked in this case. It's a terrible, terrible story. And I think the failure, aside from this man who was obviously uh, didn't care about anyone else and himself, it turns out, but is an enforcement failure. But Ron, thanks for your call. Being more defensive is always good advice. Okay, let's go to Mervyn Grimsby. Hi, Merv. Hi. Go thanks ahead. Thanks for taking my call. I've been I've been trying to get through for quite some time, but it turns out if you don't dial the correct number, you never get through. Well, yeah, that's usually the case with everything. Anyways, I'm. 77 years old, and for the first time in my life, I'm absolutely ashamed of being a Canadian because of this uh, convoy thing in Ottawa. Uh-huh. Um, I to the point where I took my flag off of my front porch. And and it, why is that? Well, because it's not. They're not out for freedom. They're out for or general freedom. Canada has freedom, and we're an inclusive country. Or we're supposed to be, and generally we are. But 
these people, all they want is their type of freedom. You know, white, um, Christian, or, and, you know, so forth. And it's not, it's not freedom at all that they're fighting for or what they were for. And do you think that they have sort of uh, tainted all of us? I mean, I, I don't know why you think people would assume that you are with them. Yes, because uh, people in Australia, France, they're all draping Canadian frags like these idiots. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I, definitely that whole thing had, had a resonance among, uh, you know, uh, right-wing conspiracy theorists who, who think that uh, their freedom to not uh, comply with public health is much more important than uh, other people's freedom not to be infected. But, uh, yeah, I hear you. The, finally, the thing is over. And unfortunately, the thing that knocked it off the front burner is the war in Ukraine, which is just horrible. Yeah, that's, that's the other part of it. These guys are for what? And when you consider what these poor people in Ukraine are, are experiencing, it's absolutely nothing. And it's not over. Two weeks ago on Sunday, I live out in the country uh, at a crossroads uh, for an hour. There was not big trucks, but small trucks, fans, passenger vehicles, all flying Canadian flags and blowing their horns. Okay, well, thanks so much for your call, Merv. I hope hope you keep one, the right number. One, just one real quick comment. Uh, I, I think we are misnaming them. We should call a spade a spade. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're pro-COVID. Okay, pro-COVID. Thanks, Merv. All right. Let's go to Marna in Scarborough. Hi, Marna. Hi, Marna, Libby. I adore your show. Learn a lot from it. Um, two comments. First comment, uh, you were asking how I'm doing during the proto- uh, during the COVID, and um, me and my husband have been following the protocol, wearing the mask, um, only visiting people outdoors and from a distance. And uh, so far, we haven't got COVID. We're older people, and I'm very happy to um, be following the protocol and so appreciative of all that I'm able to do. So that's how I'm handling it. And secondly, um, in terms of vehicles and safety, 30 years ago, I got hit by a taxi who backed into me, my leg. They saved my leg. Um, I have a wonderful life right now. And what I learned through the nurses that looked after me is that it's very typical for cars to hit people uh, when they pull over on the side of the street to fix your, when you're looking at your car, cars will literally drive into you. So I always pass on the message that whenever you are out on the road, although I understand that from what happened this week, uh, yesterday, that it could not be stopped because the person just drove, but I always, uh, when possible, stay away from the cars. I'll take sidewalks that are further, and I don't walk between vehicles because you never know if they're going to go forward or backward, and you don't know what they're going to intend. So those are my two comments. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, Marna. Anytime. And I love your show. Thank Thank you you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, I didn't ask her if she was a first-time caller. I don't remember talking to her before. Uh, People, we have a fabulous new bell for first-time callers. So there was one show where we had a lot of first-time callers, and the boss was listening, and he thought that the bell was just too faint. So lo and behold, Within a day or so, 
We received here at the desk a fabulous new bell, and I'm keen to be using this new bell. So if you're a first-time caller and you've been thinking about calling, give us a shout and we will give you the bell. Let us go to Gerald in Scarborough. Hi, Gerald. Hi there. Um, I'd like to say, well, Canada is has, has such a... a, a a surplus of oil products, and there has to be a way that we can convince the Canadian government to find a way to get that oil over to our European allies so that they can shut off the oil uh, tap from Russia in order to to uh, stop uh, augmenting their their uh, money to uh, to to perpetrate this this genocide uh, against Ukraine. Uh- I think. We Canadians should do our best to to help out where we can. And one of the things is we have resources which we should share at a at a reasonable rate. Yeah, well, the problem with uh, a lot of our oil is getting it out of the ground and pipelines. And a lot of people are saying that this is uh, showing the folly of some of the policy. And and next door in the United States, Joe Biden has started to release millions of barrels of oils from reserves to hold the line on the price of gasoline. And I am just reading here uh, you know, on top of everything, we had a carbon tax. As of today, welcome the new carbon tax. And uh, it is adding 2.2 cents to a liter of gas today. And a liter of gas is already extremely high. So uh, I also want to hear from you and from others. What do you think if you're trying to fill up and drive? And of course, when when the price of oil goes up, when the price of gasoline goes up, everything else goes up because most everything has to be transported. And there were people here who were saying, hey, maybe hold off on the increase in carbon tax, maybe hold off in, in the light of all these problems with the cost of living, but no. Uh, to that, I have to say is Canada has never suffered an attack like European nations or nations around the world. And for that matter, uh, the U.S. I mean, um, the strife that we've always existed is, is more internal. And so we, in some way, should suffer a little more or, sac- pardon me, wrong word, sacrifice a little more to ensure that this does never come to our borders by helping out those people who are being murdered um, and, and being an ally with the world who believes in 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 our democracies and our our futures as uh, freedom loving people? Okay, thank you for that, Geraldine Scarborough. It's time for our first break. Uh, let me give the numbers again before we go to break. Uh, I am curious about people and the price of gasoline up an average of 2.2 cents because of the increase in the carbon tax that takes effect today. An increase that a lot of people said, hey, maybe hold off on it. Everything costs so much. I mean, in general, if you want to talk about how everything costs so much, and if you've adjusted your spending, maybe you've adjusted your diet, 
because of what things cost. I want to hear about it. Also, we're hearing that we're in the middle of a resurgence of COVID. Are you uh, going to change anything if you've eased up like I have? I'm uh, going to unease up. I can tell you that much. And uh, also, uh, there are a lot of other things to talk about. We'll also catch up on the war in Ukraine and Canada's efforts to bring people here. The numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740, and we will be right back. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight back with Libby Snymer. When one considers the meaning of life, it is a struggle between alternative viewpoints of life itself. A free-for-all Friday. And without the ability to defend one's own viewpoint against other, perhaps more aggressive ideologies, then reasonableness and moderation could quite simply disappear. Name your topic and be as deep as you like, as long as there's a point in there somewhere. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this free-for-all Friday, and we've started to talk about oil, the price of oil, the price of gas. Today is April the 1st, and this is no April Fool's joke. The increase on of the carbon tax is taking effect today, and it means that gas prices are going up. Uh, I have read one explainer that says an average of 2.2 cents a liter. It's already extremely high because of the war in Ukraine. So I'd like to hear from you. Uh, how is this affecting your driving? I know that even for people who say are are working or supplementing their income, doing things like driving for Uber, this is making a big difference. The average price of gas uh, across the country, and that is without today's increase, was a dollar seventy-two a liter. A dollar seventy-two a liter a year ago, a dollar twenty-two a liter. So that's a pretty big increase, uh, and you can really feel it. So uh, the numbers to call: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Toll free one. 866-744-740. We're also talking about COVID. So the authorities have just told us we're in the middle of a resurgence. Well, we know this. We don't know exactly how big it is because we're not testing. But Peter Uni thinks it's on the order of 30 or 35,000 cases a day here in Ontario. And I can tell you that I had eased up again, blaming the Americans because I was in Palm Springs and, you know, things are laxer there and I was kind of used to that, but I am masking up all the time or as often as I did before uh, in response to this because, you know, we don't need it even if it's mild. Well, let us go to Natalie in Mississauga. Hi, Natalie. Hello, Libby. It's so nice to hear your voice. Thank you. It's very soothing. It takes my ride from work to home exactly half an hour, and I'm very, very grateful for your show. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, what what is a carbon tax? I have no clue what that is. I just hear it all the time. Not okay. good. Okay, so it's a a cost on everything that pollutes. So now the total will be fifty dollars per ton 
on everything that pollutes. And in terms of gasoline, it's going to come to 2.2 cents on a liter of gas um, on average. Thank you. Thank you very much. I had no clue. And uh, I'm just wondering, I am a, an avid Zoomer show participant. Do we hear, do you know, if in the background they're going to bring that show out, the Zoomer show, the, twice the, a year? The consumer show, yes. Um, and it's more than once a year because there's one in Vancouver as well. Uh, yes, and we're going to have a live Idea City in June for the first time in two years. And uh, yesterday there was a special concert here and there was a live audience. So these things are happening, you know, gradually, but we are getting back despite the fact that there is a resurgence. Right. Very nice to hear. May I throw one more question in there? Sure. Where can I get one of those rapid tests? I hear they were giving them out. I myself have never been able to grab one. Okay, well, you have to go online to see where they have them now, but it, it's in most big grocery stores and pharmacies, and you walk in and there's either a sign or you ask at the customer service desk. But if you go online, it'll tell you where they have them now, but I, I think they're, you know, they were very difficult to get for a while, but I think there's now, now there's no issue. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. Okay. You are very welcome. And uh, yeah, well, what do you think of the price of everything going up? There were a lot of other things that we talked about this week, and I want to get back a little bit to updates on our efforts to help people who are fleeing Ukraine. And Yesterday, uh, we were talking about the biometrics and that's security requirements because people coming here, they still need a visa and they still need to go through these security requirements, which means they have to get themselves to an embassy or a consulate. And I, I guess it's fingerprints and whatever else. Well, um, some immigration lawyers have said these are a big barrier. We were talking about it with our panelists yesterday, and lo and behold, a couple of hours later, the immigration minister announced that he is removing some of those requirements for low-risk people, which are people under 17 or over 60, or who have a history of having visas here. Now, I don't know why you assume that people over 60 are not dangerous. That's a whole other question. I'm glad these things are being made so that it's easier. Um, we also started to hear about health insurance. It's a big deal because people coming here do not have the kinds of supports if they were officially refugees, and that includes health insurance. And we've started to hear about people who either can't come or or even want to return because they can't get health coverage here. And uh, it's offered in three of our provinces. It's Quebec, NBC, and I think Manitoba, though I might be wrong. So there are people who are saying, come on, let's, let's do that as well. We do it for people who are convention refugees. And the whole question of them not being classified as refugees, it's, it's really a bureaucratic thing. And they are fleeing their homes often with nothing. And the whole situation is just so awful. And 
in one of our newscasts, I heard the latest report. So the Russians said they they would have a humanitarian corridor. Only a small number of people managed to escape. And then we heard they attacked the convoy of humanitarian aid, food and medicine, and took it for themselves. And that is just beyond appalling. It is just beyond appalling. Also this week, uh, we heard about the government's new housing policy that is getting very widely panned. It's called uh, a house for everybody or something like that. And people are really disappointed because there was a task force on how to make housing more affordable. And uh, it was the government's task force. And most of the recommendations were ignored. It's, uh, they said the government is saying, well, the municipalities weren't ready for this because some of the recommendations said, hey, make it easier to build uh, triplexes, to build uh, higher density homes as opposed to just single family homes without a lot of red tape. And they said some municipalities are not ready for it. They might not be keen to uh, upset people in the suburbs just ahead of an election. That's where they need to have their strengths. So what do you think of that? Uh, if you have children or grandchildren who are trying to get into the housing market, I think it is especially a big deal. The numbers to call, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And we'll take a call from Pat in Toronto. Hi, Pat. Good morning. Good afternoon, Libby. Uh, can I just uh, throw out a couple of pieces before I get to my main point? Well, uh, yeah, did, like um, it, it, you have to keep it short, Pat. Yeah, okay. Uh, the War of 1812, we were attacked here, but we went back and we burned down the White House. So we have been involved in war here. Um, and the other issue is really around education. And I think Zoomer Radio has a great role to play and plays a great role with regard to getting the facts out there. But my point this morning is with regard to uh, this housing issue and my concern as well for the environment. And I smell a rat that we're going to see the MZOs used as an argument as to why we should not follow the normal rules. And uh, similarly, if you remember on the COVID issue, uh, Doug Ford said, oh, it was all up to the scientists uh, when he tried to open things or when he did open things up. So I'm, I'm very concerned that the man doesn't always tell us the truth as to what's going on. <laughs> well, some people say politicians don't. Um, he, uh, Pat- I've been a politician. I, some don't. That's true. But we really have to be very careful and find out what is happening. And I'm really worried about the environment and MZOs. Anyway, that's my okay. point for today. And, okay, uh, well, we have to uh, clarify. He- Thanks, Pat, that he's he's talking about these municipal zoning orders, which can override uh, the municipal process for approving projects. That's actually going to be replaced with something else under this new legislation. And one of the things in that new legislation are stricter timelines. It takes forever to get things approved. So. Uh, it says it, it's given them strict timelines. And some of our guests yesterday made the point that 
cities, municipalities can't necessarily get these approvals done properly in those timelines. So a lot of them will probably just say no. And then it'll be the province again that can just override what cities want to do. And it also hold up projects. So uh, these these ministerial zoning orders are very controversial. A lot of people think it's just the government helping their developer friends. Uh, on the better side of them, sometimes they get uh, projects like nursing homes built a little faster. Let's go to George in Etobicoke. Hi, George. Hi. Uh, I'm 96 years old, and I've spent my whole life in Toronto. And I want to comment on the price of gasoline. Uh, when I went to school, which was running me collegiate on Jane Street, gasoline was 32 cents a gallon. <laughs> and I worked for Crown Dominion Auto Service at that time after school. And when I was at, when I turned 18, I was drafted in the Army. I spent three years in the Army during the war. And when I come back to Toronto, gasoline was still 32 cents a gallon. And when Trudeau uh, brought in uh, metric, then we started paying um, um, by the leader. And, and the public in Canada, uh, that's when we really got hosed, because we've been paying through the nose for gasoline ever since then. Okay. Uh, George, are you still driving? Yes, I am. Well, good for you. <laughs> so, and yeah. I hope to drive uh, until I'm 100. I got four years to go to be 100. Okay, well, uh, uh, all the best to you. And um, uh, it's great that uh, you're so spry and doing everything at your age. Love to hear that. Oh, I worked hard all my life. I worked on houses in Scarborough, in, in Ellesmere Gardens in the 50s that were $1,000 down with a total of $10,000. And I was making about $1.50 an hour. Well, there's been a bit of inflation since there, George. It sure has. Thank you, George, for your call. Let us go to Bill in Toronto. Hi, Bill. Hi. I'm calling about uh, Jerry Diaz in uniform. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm a uniform member, and I pay about $1,500 a year. He's there to operate my very best interest. Well, he did anything but in this circumstance. He basically promoted the vaccine, the whole nine yards. We've got people at work right now that have got two months to get vaccinated, or they're going to they're going to lose their job, basically without cause. My real question is, why did Unifor uh, disclose the company that gave him the bribe, or why didn't the government investigate it and find out? Because sure shooting, if they bribed. A union leader. They probably bribed doctors. Who knows who who they bribed? Government officials, possibly. Well, there was another scandal at another big union. It's the Toronto City Workers Union, um, and the president had to resign after an Omer's payment scandal. And this wasn't Omer's paying a bribe, but um, this president. Uh, kind of uh, got one of his uh, people a spot on the board, and that spot pays $46,000 a year, and then he got a kickback. I mean, what's going on? Well, exactly what's going on. You remember the uh, New York Post two years ago about the Hunt and Bider la- uh, laptop? 
basically banned them uh, from uh, social media and, and basically covered up the story. What was it this week? The New York Times comes out and says it's true. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I, I don't even need to go there. I'm staying local on this, but these things are very disappointing, very, very disappointing. Well, and, they, and they are, you and, know what it is to me when I, you know, I hear specialists and doctors say on your show, that's always running through the back of my mind. What's their connection to these drug companies? And is it Anita Anand, her husband owns some pharmaceutical company? Who knows? Maybe it was some government official that uh, their spouse owns owns the company that oh. bribed the union. Uh, it's a possibility. Uh, I, I I don't think we 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 need you uh, speculatively libeling people here, Bill. No. So I'm going to thank you for your call. But, but uh, yeah, you honestly, may. I mean these these scandals in Unifor and in QP Local 79. I mean they're terrible. Let's go to, oh, um, okay, we'll take one more before the break. Uh, Barbara in Toronto, you want to talk about the Afghan interpreters coming to Canada? Yes, uh, by the way, <laughs> I belong to Local 79. I'm retired now, but I was shocked to hear what you just said. But anyway, to the interpreters, yeah, there's there's so many that are uh, that are still over there, Afghanistan and Pakistan, that are just uh, trying to get their extended families over here. They're running for their lives. Their families are being, um, you know, killed, and it's very, very dangerous for them. They were told to go to uh, Pakistan by the Canadian government, and they just they broken the promises to them. And there's there's been no movement on it at all. And uh, well, know. there's the, some of them who are already here have started a hunger strike. Yes. I did hear that. And they well. are very upset that yes. Canada has broken. So it's, it's all, I mean, it's a very difficult situation. No one argues that. Um, and I think it has to do partly with documentation required because yes. uh, some of their family members cannot get to Pakistan and they yes. can't get to Pakistan because they don't have the travel documents and they have to get the travel documents from the Taliban but the exactly. Taliban are the people hunting them. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's really no solution there. And there was some kind of comment from the government saying it's not that we don't want these people that mm-hmm. we promised, but it's it's tough situation. But again, I think there are some situations where they're going to have to help people because you know they are literally in hiding there. Yes, yes. This is a you know like this is this is the situation now, and the immigration minister. Is he doing what he can do? But there has which to be is not much. No, no, no detail. So I've been trying to even to get in touch with his office and you know with anybody. So I'm just wondering how what we can do. Well, this <laughs> hunger strike has started in yeah. Ottawa, I think, and we will definitely be following that. Thank but, you. But yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, shameful. Shameful. Yeah. Well, I just feel ashamed to be a Canadian citizen and this happening. You know. Okay, thank you for that, Barbara. Okay, you're welcome. Have okay. a nice weekend. Thank you. All right, it is time for another break. Uh, the numbers before we go to break, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And there's a lot to talk about today. There's 
gas going up again today because of the increase in the carbon tax that's taking effect. Inflation altogether is really high. We heard federal authorities confirm we are in a resurgence of COVID. And anecdotally, I know all kinds of people who have either just had it or are getting it. And after I eased up a bit on masking, uh, I'm, uh, I'm going back to being more vigilant because, as they say, even if for most people, especially if you're vaccinated double and triple, it's it's not that severe. Who needs it? Really? And, you know, we are expecting to hear from NASI more guidance on fourth doses. Right now, it is just people in nursing homes and immunocompromised people who are getting fourth shots, but fourth shots uh, probably are going to be expanded this week in the United States. The FDA authorized fourth shots for everybody who is over 50. I think that's a good idea. Uh, what do you think? Are you waiting for your fourth shot? And there's a lot of other things going on. We just heard about the Afghan refugees who want to bring their families who have been promised that they can bring their families. And there's a bunch of red tape while their families who are hunted by the Taliban are in hiding and unable to get out of there. So all of these things are on the agenda and we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer, a free-for-all Friday. Step up, say your piece, and we promise not to interrupt. Just be lively about it. We have a lot of listeners hanging on your every word. Here is Libby Snymer. Welcome back to this Free For All Friday. And there is something I forgot to mention. We are getting a federal budget next Thursday. And I gather that the centerpiece is going to be controlling the cost of living. Uh, certainly not the cost of the budget. I am not expecting much spending restraint in that document. But what would you like to see in there? Last week, we had a lot of response to the idea coming out of that liberal NDP alliance about covering dental care. And we have a program here in Ontario for low-income seniors, but it's very limited and it's not that easy to access. So people seem to really uh, like that idea. So I'd like to hear from you. What would you like to see in that federal budget, if anything? And of course, we have an Ontario election coming up very shortly thereafter. It's in a matter of weeks. It's the beginning of June, though. If you look outside today, there is no hint that the beginning of June is coming any time soon. So we have some time left in the show. The numbers to call 416-360-0740 and toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go to Jeff in Barry. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. Just a quick comment. Um, the price of gas, you know, everybody knows it's gone up. It's, it's just stupid. Wait a minute. But I'm going to interrupt you, Jeff. It says here, are you a first-time caller? Yes. Ah. 
That's that's my fancy new bell. Welcome and thanks for oh. calling. Okay, thank you. Go yeah, ahead. Um, um, yeah, I went took my pickup truck to fill it up last night. Half a tank of gas is one hundred and fifteen dollars. Wow! And that was at a uh, dollar fifty-seven. A dollar fifty-seven. Where did you find that? That was in Barrie last night. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> lucky you. Yeah, they were warning everybody it was going up. So. But my my main comment is about uh, electric vehicles. It's to me, they're they're great in theory, but for they'd be great in if you live downtown Toronto or Montreal or Vancouver or something like that. But for people living outside, I can't see the practicality of them, especially for uh, younger people that can't afford them or a small family and you want to take the kids camping and you're going to be able to drive three, four hours and then you got to stop and charge it for three or four hours before you can keep on going. It just doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, well, a, a lot of people uh, are happy with it. A lot of people are switching to electric vehicles. We still have a choice. Yes, yes. But they're, they're pushing the price of, of fuel through the roof so that it's going to come to that eventually. Well, I, I don't know if we can link those two things so definitively. I think there are other factors like the war in Ukraine, uh, which is constricting supply uh, yeah. that are doing that. So I think right now. I, I, yeah, I think if, if Trudeau had to go to a gas station and pay for a full tank of fuel himself out of his own pocket, you know, like a working person does, he'd be thinking twice before putting some of these new taxes on <laughs> that's a, that's a very interesting point. Thank you for that, Jeff. Yeah. I'd like to see a picture of Trudeau gassing up. It, it would be a, a photo op and he likes those, but I, I guess it would send the wrong message environmentally. Let's take a call from Jamie in Vaughn. Hello, Jamie. Oh, hi, Libby. First time caller. Oh, wait, Thank wait, wait. <laughs> There you go. So what do you think of the bell? I'm sorry, say again? What do you think of the bell? Oh, it's great. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what I wanted to say, Libby, was I was listening to the, the lady that called earlier about the Afghanistan refugees, um, the families of the, the interpreters. And I, I think it's a real shame because um, our word as Canadians, especially if we have to go into another theater of um, peacekeeping or, or war area, um, our word is going to be useless. Uh, when we ask for help, uh, they're going to remember what's happening in Afghanistan. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you, uh, do you know any of these people or is it just something that... no? No, honestly, I'm just <laughs> I'm just a Canadian that uh, basically tuned into the news last night and and uh, all of a sudden remembered that this was happening last year and it's still going on and they're doing nothing about it. Um, it it's and they just bring up more and more bureaucracy. It's it's terrible. Yeah, it it really is terrible. And and for all the, I mean. The West was totally surprised by this Taliban takeover. Okay. And there were some people there who actually believed them when they said, uh, we are the new and improved Taliban. Don't worry. We'll let girls go to school. Well, guess what? They aren't. They are 
the old Taliban, and uh, they are hunting people who helped the West. Absolutely. And, and the fact that this took place in the summer of last year, and we're still, uh, these people are still waiting for help, is it, it's absolutely terrible. The government should be ashamed of itself. Well, yeah, the government is saying uh, it's it's not us, it's it's other things. Okay, Jamie, thank you for your call. Thank you, Libby. Bye bye. Let's go to Joan in Toronto. Hi, Joan. Hi. I just wanted to make a comment about the Pope's apology, which I think was wonderful and much appreciated. And I'm glad he's coming to uh, Canada to apologize personally. I would just like to add that. It would be nice if he brought a check along with him for the indigenous people. I mean, we have them, many of them, with no water, no electricity. And um, the other comment I have is the government of Canada is giving Ukraine $800 million. It would be nice if they even gave half of that to the indigenous people as well. I, I think we'd like to take care of our people. That's all I have to say. Okay, Joan, thank you for that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, uh, I'm pretty sure that he, I mean, okay, this is total speculation, that he wouldn't agree to the formal visit to Canada if there was no check, but the Roman Catholic Church has kind of avoided paying meaningful compensation for this, so it's standby, stay tuned. But I think for people who've been affected this apology is really meaningful, and especially since it's not part of the negotiated, choreographed uh, settlement. Uh, you know, this uh, this visit in itself was, you know, arranged, and it is going according to planning, but this, I guess I call it an interim apology, was not expected, and I think that gives it more meaning. And generally speaking, I think this Pope is a good guy. But uh, yeah, I'd like to hear from people who are more directly affected. Stan in Newmarket has been waiting patiently with a question. Hi, Stan. Hi, Libby. Um, I'm just wondering, who regulates the advertising, uh, mostly on TV that I see, for online casinos and sports betting? Because I find that a lot of the terms that they use, they're offering a lot of free things, free play, free spins. And I'm, you know, kind of worried about vulnerable seniors who are, you know, during COVID, they get confined and they're, they're looking for some outlet. They wanted something to do. And once they get hooked on the gambling there, uh, there are a lot of, lots of problems start in families and that I know of. <laughs> well, um, it's the Alcohol and Gaming Commission. And they okay. do have standards, and the whole thing is opening up this month. Right. So we'll have to see what happened. And they were consulting on on appropriate standards, and they're saying that uh, they they don't want ads. They're prohibiting ads that feature celebrities or public figures whose primary appeal is to uh -huh. minors. But I haven't heard anything about vulnerable seniors, and I take your point. Yeah, and uh, this. Um, sorry, do you have do you have family members or friends? No, who... Well, it just goes back many years. That my father had a friend who got hooked in on gambling and uh, led it to divorce, and the whole family was a you know not not very good uh, outcome. 
Yeah, there's can, also a lot of suicides I know that uh, for, for addicted, you know, people who are addictive to gambling, and if they haven't started gambling yet, these ads are kind of a come on. And uh, is this a provincial or a federal? It's provincial organization. The Alcohol and Gaming. Yeah. Commission. Yep. Is that provincial? Provincial. Yeah. Okay, so I guess maybe I can go to my MP. <laughs> MPP. MPP. Sorry. Yeah. MPP. Yeah. I'll do that, and uh, because uh, you know, I, I find these ads are uh, kind of uh, sucking people in. <laughs> well, yeah, that's uh, generally the idea of of ads, and uh, I think you're right. I mean, obviously, they are aware of the issue. On the other side of it, there there are so many people getting into this space that uh, right. it, I wonder if it's going to be as lucrative as people think it's going to be. Yeah. Well, if you Google this uh, online gambling. There are about uh, a whole list of fifty that they don't recommend that you, that you sign up with. Mm. Well, that's that's interesting. I hope that people are careful where they right. go and what they do with it, because uh, as you point out, it can be quite dangerous. Yeah. Well, to your listeners, I guess as somebody who's confined, uh, you know, beware of the uh, you know consequences. <laughs> yeah. Find Good advice. Else to do. <laughs> Thank you for that, Stan. Okay, thank you. Okay. Well, uh, we are getting towards the end of the show here, and looking ahead to next week, we've got that federal budget coming up on Thursday, and we've got this whole cost-of-living issue. That's what the government is focusing on, and really everything is just so much more expensive. In the meantime, we also have this resurgence of COVID, and of course it's coming just as restrictions are being lifted and everybody thinks it's over. I won't say everybody thinks it's over, but um, speaking personally, I am going to be more vigilant than I have been in the last week because all kinds of people I know are getting COVID. And, uh, you know, I wasn't that careful in the last couple of weeks since I got back from the States about making sure I was always masked when I walked into a place. Now I am going to do that for sure. Uh, Also, uh, we'll keep tabs on what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, The news is not good. Uh, There's a strike reported as talks resume, and uh, we've heard about the Russians in one side of their mouth saying they're going to allow a humanitarian corridor and in another attacking humanitarian aid and taking it for themselves. As always, we will be back here on Monday, and we will be following all of this. And right now, That is all the time we have for Fight Back for today and for this week. Have a good weekend. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.